Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black White podcast. I'm Andrew Musco, joined by our football editor Mark Douglas and here's a special Q&A with Mark. Um, you guys have been sending in your questions over social media, so we've picked six of the best, and Mark is going to do his best to answer them in the, over the next five to ten minutes or so. So um, here we go. Um, first question, Mark, from Rob Smythe on Twitter. He says, um, do you think the club will be taken over? Um, do you think the club will sign any players? Um, and then there is a third question, but I'll let you answer those two first. So A, do you think the club will be taken over? Eventually, yeah. Um, but... The chances of January, I think, are, are slim to none. Um, the, the, the noises that you heard before Christmas, and there's not. No. And I think the club will be taken over eventually. I think it's into an end game, but it could be a long end game for Mike Ashley's era. Um, what surprised me about Mike Ashley speaking was that a few weeks before we'd received word that really there was nothing doing, there was nothing particularly close. Um, I think Ashley tried to force the issue because he didn't want to have to make decisions in January about the club's spending. Um, and he is the man who ultimately makes that that, that decisions of spending. Um, but what we subsequently unearthed there was that there was some pretty significant movements happening behind the scenes. In fact, I was told that somebody fairly high up at the club was saying himself that, you know, the, the um, they might not be there come the end of January. But thats I don't think that's going to happen now. I don't think that's going to happen in January. I think Peter Kenyon's interest is will not end in January. He wants, wants the club. He wants the ticket back to the show, but he's not got the money at the moment. Um, the idea that there are three other consortiums is something that the club have said. I'm not overly convinced of that myself. Um, you know, Gary Cook's name was mentioned, but I don't think that's a serious serious issue either I think at the moment the problem is that Mike Ashley's price is prohibitive and I think that's that has been the case for a while if he wants to get rid of the club he will need to if he really wants to get rid of the club he will need to reduce the price and for all the noise in December it kind of feels like not a lot has changed there having said that you know I think we are probably there are things going on behind the scenes maybe like I said a few weeks ago maybe the fact that it's gone very very quiet is a good thing because I think if there was a lot being talked about, a lot of people talking about it, uh, then it would be a sign that really we weren't that close. Nothing's being said, so there might be something, there might be a surprise out there. But um, I think that, you know, if it goes beyond January, really there's no urgency then to get the club sold from anybody um, because Rafa will have the players he has and he'll probably make the decision about his future based on what happens in January anyway. And I think at the moment the way things are going, I actually don't think it'd be good for him to stay with the way things are going. He looks like very, very upset about what's happened and the way this has developed. So, um, you know, I hate to be not quite as positive as I'd like to be about that, but I don't feel at the moment 
that we're close. I think that there is something there is there are things going on, but I, I don't think I don't think it feels very imminent. Do you think uh, the club will sign any players yeah, this month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I've always felt that they will sign players. Um, I, you know, I, I know Rafa's silence or his kind of deliberate decision not to speak has been uh, viewed by some as a, a you know the fact that they're not going to sign anybody. I don't think it's that at all. I think it's just him making a very clear point that he doesn't want to talk about transfers because he doesn't feel he has much control over them. But I think they will sign players. Yeah, I think they'll bring in. I think they'll they'll bring in permanent signings and a loan sign and loan signings as well. I do think that they'll do business. Um, but the problem, as ever at Newcastle United, is that the the system by which deals are signed off is tortuous. It has to go through so many different levels. They should have been in a position to do things quickly, but they're not. But I do think they will sign players. Yeah, I think I think and I think they need to. Do you think, based on what you've seen so far, they've got enough to stay up? I thought until very recently that they did. The problem for Newcastle is that although there is one worse team than them, definitely Huddersfield, who I think eight points now, it would be a, a an unbelievable escape for them to get out of it now. But Cardiff are definitely in play. We thought that they would be gone um, by Christmas, like Huddersfield have been, because they didn't look like they had much. But they're very much still in the mix. The problem is that all the other teams down there are starting to pick up results. Southampton have changed with the new manager. Burnley are starting to pick up results as well, <clears throat> you know. And really, Fulham are the other team that, that are kind of struggling, but, you know, they they beat Huddersfield. They don't look great, actually, but they, they beat Huddersfield. The worry for me is that, that I've always believed that Newcastle stay up because there's three worst teams in them. I'm now wondering whether there are three worst teams in them if Newcastle don't sign anybody. The worry is that with the way the Premier League is this season, the bottom six are not beating anybody in the top eight, or really top six. They're not beating really anybody. I mean, Palace, obviously, are the exception to that rule because they've now got picked up some points. Southampton got a point at South, uh, Chelsea yesterday. But it's very rare for those teams to beat the teams in the top half. Well, Newcastle have got um, five of those teams to play, as of the rest. So really, they're scrapping for points against teams in and around them. Um, and they've got all of those teams in and around them to play at home, pretty much. They haven't been able to, to break down teams at home. That Cardiff game in a few weeks looks absolutely huge for me. Um, I'm a lot less... I have a lot less faith in the team and the manager and everything than I had a few weeks ago because I just feel that it's become a very depressed situation. Rafa's miracle comments might be a bit of a watershed. That Fulham game was... They needed to win that. They needed to get something out. They needed to be more convincing in that game. And that's kind of set the tone for the last three weeks. So um, will they stay up? I don't... I Honestly, at this point, I'm less optimistic than I was that they're definitely going to stay up. But if they sign players, then they should have enough. Um, they need to be Cardiff, though. Um, a couple of questions on our editorial approach to covering yeah. Newcastle. I know you've... You've written a piece on this um, earlier, well, last year actually, and you, you regularly respond to people on Twitter. Um, basically asking, um, uh, well, I'll just read the tweet out actually. Yeah, yeah. It's easier than me trying to summarise it. Um, Neil Hineson asks, why is uh, your newspaper uh, not supporting its readers by hammering Newcastle United? Um, are we frightened to be banned again? Um, well, 
I don't think we're, we're certainly not frightened to be banned, but I don't think you any responsible newspaper would set out to be banned. I think that would be ridiculous and counterproductive because you know if you're outside the tent, there's not much difference. There's not much change that you can affect. Um, we we've had you know we've had some constructive conversations with the club of late, but we haven't managed yet to convince them to give us the interview that we'd all like, which is A, with Mike Ashley and B, with Lee Charnley, um, to sit down and actually get on record what is going on at the football club. Now, I think there's a few reasons for that. One is that the club have taken a decision that they don't really want to say too much at the moment to contradict what Rafa's saying because they feel that that would infuriate the fans further because Rafa's so popular. So I do think, you know, there's a lot of context to everything that's going on at Newcastle United. But the the... The problem that they've, the club have now gotten, is that, that obviously there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of things that I don't think they've given any kind of explanation to or a good explanation to. Um, but they have done the fans forum minutes, which obviously um, were very controversial at the time. But they've done the controversial those minutes, which explain a lot of the, the club's thinking on a lot of key issues. So they they have come out and said things, but I think they need you know, they need to be forensically quizzed on the, some of that they, there needs to be follow-up questions and they need independent media to really to, to grill them and they need Mike Ashley to be perfectly honest to come out and actually tell us what the hell is going on because it feels very very uncertain in terms of our editorial line it's always been the same really that we are critical we are a critical friend of the club that the we hear it a lot why don't you hammer Mike Ashley why don't you rattle his cage why don't you get into him um what, what I don't understand is what what defines hammering him because I've got a list of front pages that we've done which is very, very critical of Mike actually um, and if we've called for him to go I believe on a few occasions in fact we called for Lee Charnley to, to leave uh, three years ago um, on the front page which wasn't my idea to be perfectly honest but it was um, it was where they went on the front page when he, when the team got relegated so we've called for all the figures the key figures at Newcastle United to go we've made a lot of noise about that we've, we've um, we in fact we printed out front pages for fans to wave at the club before a Sky game as well, I believe. So the idea that we haven't been critical and we haven't made a lot of noise in in recent years is is just not just not correct. I think what's happened is that the coverage has been um, mitigated a little bit by the fact that Rafa Benitez is still at the football club, and he has never spoken about wanting to to um, as to, to back any kind of boycott or any any protests. Um, as long as Rafa's at the football club, I think. The criticism and, and the coverage will always be a little bit tempered because um, he provides that kind of hope. We've asked questions, we've asked uh, all sorts of things on the front page. The the thing that I think people would like us to do is I, d- I don't really know what they would like us to do. We're a newspaper. We're not a protest group. The problem that we have is that Mike Ashley doesn't listen to anybody. He doesn't listen to his manager. He doesn't listen to fans. He doesn't listen to us. He doesn't listen to pundits he doesn't listen to a lot of people um you know this is a guy who was had to be hauled in front of the um common select committee about sports direct he, he didn't want to go up he didn't want to go there that was the call of parliament you know we we've found that he's an absent owner here he doesn't spend much time at, at the football club he doesn't pay attention to the local media so you know us actually imploring him to do something has not made any difference the idea that we should go rattle his cage well there are journalistic guidelines that you have to stick by in terms of um, what we do you know I mean I've 
seen people claiming that we should doorstep him. That's been done, not successfully. He hasn't said anything. Um, I believe that um, some of our journalists in the past have actually spoken to Ashley um, at very early on, I think, when he was in Malaga, two journalists spoke to him and when they revealed that they were journalists, he said he didn't want to say anything. So, you know, there's all kinds of things that we've tried, all kinds of things that we've done in the past. Um, we've, I will say that we've been very close, very closely um, monitoring what's been going on with the Magpie Group. We're the only newspaper that's given them a lot of coverage. We've worked with them in terms of giving the fans a voice. But, you know, that hasn't been successful so far. The Magpie Group, they haven't managed to convince enough fans to, to do to, to do boycotts. So I think what, what I tend to see here is that people say that we should be doing more and we should be doing this, we should be doing that. But really, I've been at the, around the football club for 10 years and this is a common refrain that we hear that we should be doing more, we should be doing more. And people say we should be boycotting, we should be doing this, we should be doing that. Really, the problem is at the moment that until Mike Ashley decides to sell for the price that he sells, it's very difficult for us to affect a change. I think a constructive approach is to try and get the club to start talking again. That's what we've tried to do. But these front pages, screaming front pages, we've done a lot of them down the years. And, you know, if Rafa goes, I think that you'll see the return to that, some of that coverage because it will be very, very bitter and, and negative. But I, I think that you take the volume of what's going on on Twitter and it sounds very negative, but then you go to the matches and it's very funereal. It doesn't feel like, you know, it doesn't feel like there's that. Um, So our commitment is to ask the questions, analyze what's going on, try and get some answers for people, but we will keep asking the questions. And we, 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 I think we are very critical of things that go wrong at Newcastle United. Probably the club think that as well. And we, we give space to fans. We, you know, we do all of those things. So, I do feel that, you know, I'm proud of our coverage and I'm proud of the way that we do things. It's never going to be enough for some people. I, I see people saying on the, to me, we should, from the front page should every day be, Mike Ashley is a liar or Mike Ashley out. You know, that's just ridiculous. It's just that's not how newspapers work. There's other news out there than the football club. Um, and also it would just be totally counterproductive. It just wouldn't, it just doesn't, it's just nonsensical, that kind of stuff. Um, but I will say this, we are totally open to speaking to anybody who's got an idea for changing the way things work um, in terms of leading a revolution at St. James's Park. We can't do it. Nobody can do it. There is no silver bullet. We can't, there is no silver bullet to change that football club's mentality and ownership. Um, and in fact, what we have seen in the past is sometimes when you criticise them and demand something, they go the other way and say, well, we'll dig in. We, we don't have to answer to anybody. Um, or I think they know they have to answer to the fans, but they don't feel that they necessarily have to answer to the media. Bear in mind, you know, this is a football club that, um, you know, for a while, I think it's changed under Rafa Benitez, changed in the last few years, but for a while, um, didn't give any interviews to anybody at all. They, they, they kind of basically shut up shop. They've banned, they've banned journalists. So it's, it's, it's a difficult place to be at times and what we'd all like is a positive a positive thing but I think we I'm proud of our record of criticizing and trying to engage the football club in terms of the actual wins that we've had in of changing things I think there's been a few things where we have affected we have affected the, the agenda at Newcastle United we'd like the club to talk to us 
and give on the record interviews and we're trying to work towards that i think there is some progress being made on that um but you know we, that won't be enough for a lot of fans who just want us to be the ones to bring mike ashley down but i don't think a newspaper can do that i think the only thing that can do that is somebody coming in and and offering mike ashley what he wants and we're just not close to that at the moment and you know but but we are the voice of the fans and anybody who wants to get in touch with us and anybody who wants to write something or you know anybody who's got ideas and and for how you know how we can change things at the football club we're more than we're more than happy to to do that but we are you know we are we have the, the limitations of coverage is that you know we we don't we can't it's not our job to be a protest group we're a newspaper we run critical coverage but we're not you know we we, we aren't a protest group and never have been and i don't think any other newspaper in the in the country is either um but we will keep pointing out inconsistencies and differences where they where they are we will indeed just a couple of questions then to finish off um this one from craig Forsyth who asks do you think the current formation is best suited to our squad um he hones in on the fact that the cells hasn't had the best of months and that they've lost the attacking um weaponry shall we say down the right of Matt Ritchie and Yedlin which was yeah. so successful last season I think Rafa's gone into survival mode hasn't he it, it, this is a this is a team now the five at the back thing is basically just to keep Newcastle as tight as they can be and try and nick something um, it's not particularly pretty to watch and it's pretty depressing to watch Newcastle you know go down that route it doesn't feel to me as if this is a team that's set up to entertain or to score goals they're the only they're the only second lowest scorers in the Premier League. It's been grim, no goals from midfield. It doesn't feel like it's working to me personally. I don't think it is working, but Rafa would point to the points they got at Everton, Watford, and against Huddersfield as proof that, that it is. But they need to do something different at home because it's not working. You know, they, they, for all the plaudits that the team got yesterday for playing okay against Man, Man United, they never looked like they were going to win to me they never looked like they were going to win that game and they haven't looked like they're going to win most of those last most of those games where they've lost the eight home games they've lost they haven't looked like they're going to win this this tactic of sitting back against the big the big teams at home is not working they have to change it it has to change and Rafa will say you know we've got the process and it it will it will reap rewards but um yeah, they need to change something against they can't play five at the back against Cardiff they cannot play like that against Cardiff they've got to go on the front foot against Cardiff they have to they will do the same against um, Chelsea in the league I think Blackburn's going to be really tough on Saturday loads of changes that could be a real banana skin for Newcastle but they've got to change things against Cardiff. They can't play the same way that they did against Fulham. They can't play that way because if they do, then then it's going to be a draw or it's going to be a really tough game. So they have to change things. So I do agree with that on the take. But you know, Rafa knows tactics. He knows how things go. And I still think that long term he'll get more decisions right than he gets wrong. But it doesn't. It doesn't look to me like it's working. That's the problem. And when things aren't working, you change him surely. And the final question of Ross coming. Uh, he asks you, Mark, what should we expect from the Johnny Trance window? And then he asks, should Lascelles be dropped due to his form? So- Lascelles, um, I think if Lejeune and Fernandez are fit, then they make a pretty good partnership. Shah's doing well as well. 
Um, Clark's even playing quite well. I think Lascelles is struggling a bit at the moment. Um, you know, it's it, it was always going to be difficult. I think that the previous question was right. He doesn't suit a five at the back, and he is struggling in that. Um, but he has a lot of he has a lot of developing to do. He's not the finished article, Lascelles, um, and it's difficult to develop in a in a team that's struggling. I, I think his his place will be up. His place will be up for grabs. I do think that, and I think that Rafa will not be scared to to drop him. I mean, I wouldn't personally drop him based on last night. I thought he was okay last night, but he has been poor in previous games. But Fernandez will surely come back into the team, and if he comes back into the team, then you know it's Lascelles who's the one who's probably the more vulnerable. Um, so I, I, yeah, I don't. I, I do think that I do think that that could happen. In terms of January, I think they will. If there's players around the eight to ten million pound mark, I think they, they could go in for them, and they'll probably try and get get a loan as well. I don't think the Kennedy thing is interesting. I think they've probably considered sending him back, but I don't think they will because just it's going to be too difficult to to kind of logistically to do that one. Um, but he looks a shadow of a player that he did before. But I think they will. I think they will sign players. Would you back. send Kennedy back? Um, I suppose it all depends on having someone yeah, ready to come in as the, the, problem, the loan. It? Because the players that they the players that they would want to bring in on loan would probably be a big loan fee, and they wouldn't get any of the money back from the Kennedy loan fee, which was a big loan fee. So, I don't. I, I personally, I would kind of, you know, I would say yes because he's not. He doesn't look. He doesn't look right at all. He doesn't look. He hasn't looked right all season. There doesn't seem to be that any sort of change coming. Either. There doesn't seem that there's any chance of him getting any better at the moment. So, I don't know. I would say. I would probably, yeah, look to look to do that if you've got somebody lined up because there's a lot of good players available on loan. Dominic Solanke's one. Um, there's, uh, I think Loftus Cheek probably won't go out on loan, but he would be an option as well if if you did if you did go out on loan. Danny Drinkwater, perhaps? Drinkwater, yeah. Although probably not the they need attacking players. They need number ten. They need an attacking player. To be honest, I think that they, they shouldn't really be relying on loans. That's the problem. They've they've got too many. They've got too many players who've come in on loan and, and, and not made the difference you know I think they what I would do if I was them was try and do the deal for Rondon um, which is there for them if they want it West Brom not sure they're going to go up so they would be conducive to, to listening to offers I think now use that then use that loan slot to go out and get another get, go out and get another striker or a number 10 and spend some money on Almir and I think that would be three signings that you would feel like that would make a big difference um, and they obviously want a winger as well but they're just not going to spend that kind of money. They have that kind of money there. It's there. It's the money's ex- there. Just explain your understanding of the transfer policy. The transfer policy is that they don't... They So they want, at the moment, their attitude to Rafa is that you, the players that you sign have to be players with value, that will add value to the squad long term because they, they don't want to sign players at the age of 28, 29 on big contracts for four or five years who they feel that by the end of their contracts, they won't be worth, they won't be worth anything, which is kind of understandable in some ways. And, and just throwing money at the problem doesn't always help. You know, they, they did do that two, three years ago and didn't stay up. So what happens, what the problem comes, because Rafa doesn't like that for a start. He thinks he should have the final say in transfers. And, and his attitude is if it goes wrong, blame me sack me if if I spend a load of money and, and we get relegated sack me and and you know I, I will totally accept that he says I can't be judged on on this kind of idea that you know I'm only allowed to sign a certain type of player 
because he says the team need experience. The problem is then that there are three aspects of the deal that need to be ratified. So the signing on fee, so that's agents, fees, things like that, the wages, and then the transfer fee. Rafa's found in his time at Newcastle United that quite often they've managed to say yes to two and then one of the other things has been no. So he feels that they make excuses not to go and do the deals that he wants to do. The club's point of view is that um, they don't have the resources that other clubs have, so they had to make sure that the deal's financially just right. And the club say that they, or the club, I think my understanding is the club have put names to Rafa that would, that they could think that that could do, and Rafa doesn't want them. He wants his own players. Um, he doesn't want to be part of a transfer committee. He wants his own names. And when the club then try, come back to him and say, we could get this player in for you, I think he digs his heels in and says, no, I don't want that. That's what did for the other managers. That's what did for Pardew. That's what did for McLaren. So that is what, that's the central misunderstanding there. Rafa also wants to know his budget because he wants to go out and speak to agents, speak to clubs and use his contacts to, to, to line players up. But the clubs say, you haven't got a budget. It's more you come to us with players that you feel you want and we will make a decision on a case-by-case basis. So that's why you have this sometimes weird situation where a player may be, you know, the clubs say they were in for Alassane Plier in the summer and couldn't sign him or didn't sign him, but then say they haven't got the money to do the Rondon deal when, you know, they were prepared to spend £23 million on player and, and then, but they wouldn't spend the money on Rondon. So they say it's not about a budget, it's about individual players. If you come to us with a player that you like, then we can maybe do that deal, but we might not be able to do a deal for £8 million for a 32-year-old, but we will do a deal for a 25-year-old who's £20 million, is what they say. And they would also counter that they have given Rafa some leeway in the budget because he has signed some players who are a bit older. Key, Federico Fernandez, who they didn't... I think they wouldn't have signed Federico Fernandez, but Rafa made the point that, look, we need him because we've lost Lejeune. So the club say that. And and the problem is that all of this, they're just on two totally opposite sides. It's the same issues for Newcastle United. Managers that Pardew had, that McLaren had, is that you have to go through several layers to get the players that you want. And the ultimate decision is made by Mike Ashley. And with the greatest respect to Mike Ashley, he doesn't, he's not an expert in football. So he's, they're coming to him and saying, can you, will you sanction this 23 million pound on this ex player? And Mike Ashley doesn't work at the training ground. He doesn't see what they need in terms of character, in terms of what they need on the training ground. So Mike Ashley will sometimes make decisions that probably Mike Rafa Benitez thinks, well, that doesn't make any football sense. He can see that they make, it makes business sense, but it doesn't make football sense. And it's that, in my opinion, that is a dysfunctional situation because I don't understand how you can have potentially Justin Barnes, Lee Charnley and Keith Bishop, not Keith Bishop, sorry, and Mike Ashley making decisions on football when you've got a guy who's won the Champions League and all those other things. It, it doesn't make sense to me to, to have that. And that is the central problem and the central tension of the Newcastle United transfer policy is that they don't they want I think they want a manager similar to Pardew similar to McLaren who will come in and be a little bit more accepting of what you've got to work with Rafa is very much this is what I want and I'm sticking to my guns which is why Rondon went the whole summer because he they kept putting other names of strikers into him and he went no I want Rondon 
Rondon's the player I want, Rondon's the player I want. So they ended up doing a deal, which I think made no sense to get him on a loan for Kale. And I think that probably Lee Charney would tell you it didn't make much sense, but he said it was the only way we could get him in the end. So that is the problem. And, and it feels to me like, you know, they need somebody who's... Or, and it was always felt to me that if Newcastle needs somebody who... If they're going to go the way that they want to go, they need a... To be honest, it feels like Chris Hewton would have been the perfect manager for them. They, they sacked him, but Chris Hewton would have, would, have de- deal, would have dealt with this situation. He would have been happy to work for Newcastle United under these circumstances. They sacked him, and he's now doing really well at Brighton and come on as a manager. Um, the problem with having Rafa Benitez there is if you're going to have Rafa Benitez and you can't have a Rafa Benitez light, you need Rafa Benitez. And they're not prepared at the moment to back him, I think because they feel that Rafa will make decisions that are good for the short term but not for the long term. Rafa would say the short term is the only thing that matters because if if you're successful in the short term, you can then build for the long term. Um, And, you know, that is the central problem at Newcastle United. It sounds complicated, but it's not really. It's the same old problems that you had. They should have stuck with Graham Carr. They should have stuck with the situation as it was because that's what they're comfortable with. And they've employed a manager who wanted, who was trying to force them to go a different way because he could see the failures of that policy. Um, and they, they've employed him and then not followed through with changing things. They did change things in the first summer, but they've not followed through since then. Well, there you have it. There's a uh, five minute QA which has gone on to be half an hour. But well, you thank you very much <laughs> for sending in the questions. We hope to make this a regular feature. So um, keep sending in your questions either um, over to me on Twitter or the, the actual Cron account as well. And just a, a quick plug for our live event on January the 24th, um, £5 per ticket, and the, the ticket proceeds go to Newcastle United Food Bank. That includes a pint for yourself and a pie and pea supper as well. And we'll be talking about transfers, takeovers, and everything to do with Newcastle United. Thank you very much. <laughs>